welcome to the most entertaining, engaging, and charismatic podcast. Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed, underviewed podcast of all time. Welcome to, you already know, saying it along with me, the Prince of Fresh Air. This is your host, you already know, the most charismatic man in entertainment. And you know, this episode is a serious topic, a serious subject matter. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the story of Brittany Griner. And you know, this podcast is all about sitting down, cracking jokes, having a good time. And in this episode, we do do that. But I felt like this was an important topic. You know, over the last eight months, uh, Brittany Griner has been trending. And Brittany Griner is a WNBA star who was uh, detained in Russia for, you know, the use of uh, cannabis oil. Um and, uh, you know, there's a lot of different talking points about the subject matter. You know, NBA players, WNBA players, uh, the president, um, Russia has always chomped in. And we're going to be talking about the political agenda behind this. And, you know, you already know, in this podcast, it's not just about the main subject. We got to get to the other ingredients that makes this gumbo. So we're going to be talking about a variety of subjects that's been brought up because of the situation. So we're going to be addressing this situation. We're going to be talking about the WNBA versus NBA pay gap. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. And I just want people to know, we're not judging Brittany Griner. You know, hopefully she makes it home safe. Um, and if she does end up doing 10 years uh, that she did plead guilty to, um, you know, I wish her all the best. And this episode is not, you know, attacking her. It's not about you know, not standing up for women. It's about a much bigger issue. It's about a much bigger topic. Um, and, you know, there's no one better to have this com- conversation with than my buddy, Dimitri. So, you know, sit back, relax, enjoy yourself, grab a beer, grab some water, grab whatever you do. Make sure there's a little alcohol in it, of course. And, you know, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you learn something from this. And, you know, form your own opinions, you know, in this um, podcast. We talk about the issues that, you know, that need to be talked about, but we also do it in a way where we start the conversation and we want people to have that conversation. So without further ado, I'm going to shut up. We're going to get to this. And in three, two, wait, 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 wait. I didn't say one yet. You know, relax. One. Uh, a lot of things with the story, a lot of opinions, everybody's chiming in on it from celebrities to the local person that works at McDonald's. Everybody's talking about Brittany Griner. So let me get right into it because, uh, I think this is a conversation has been a long time coming. So, uh, let me just catch, uh, you up on it. So Brittany Griner, um, was arrested February of 2022, um, in Russia, I believe she was on her way to play for the WNBA, uh, for a WNBA game. And Brittany Griner has been playing with the WNBA uh, for over five years. It's been many years. She's been one of the bigger faces of the w- WNBA in the last decade. Uh, one of the first openly gay females um, who signed to deal with Nike in the process as well. But so... Without further ado, February 17th of this year, 2022, she was arrested in Russia for carrying less than a gram of hash oil, which is our marijuana oil. 
Um, and subsequently, she's been arrested. Um, now she got sentenced to nine years in prison. And a lot of people uh, chimed in, a lot of uh, debates, a lot of talks about this situation. So first, let me let me ask you, um, how do you feel about the situation? Do you think that... Um, Let's start off with the prison sentence because a lot of people, some people are split, uh, say that she deserves it. Some people say it's too excessive. What do you think about the nine year prison sentence? Nine years for how much hash oil? Uh, it was less than a gram. And so while you were talking about that, I made a point to try to um, look up, you know, the, the laws on marijuana in Russia and they don't seem to be too keen on that. But however, I do believe from what I'm kind of skimming through right now that what's happening to her, I think I hate to, I hate to pull the race card, but in this situation, I think I kind of have to, because what I'm reading at right now, it says, while Russia's criminal code has technically decriminalized the possession of up to six grams of cannabis, tourists would be probably ill-advised to put too much trust in the letter of the law. So, you know, it says anyone detained by police with cannabis, including less than six grams, could face abuse, a demand for a bribe and all types of other legal hassles until they are released. So, you know, um, I feel like had this been any other Russian, you know, uh, citizen, it probably wouldn't have been that big a deal. They probably wouldn't still be in jail right now. But because it's someone like her and on top of that, um, she's black or appears to be black from what I can see. Um, that's probably one of the reasons why they um, threw the book at her. Oh, the, uh, without a question, her race is definitely a big thing. And it's also one of the biggest contentions is one of the reasons why they have kept their and sentence her. Uh, first of all, she did plead guilty because she just wanted to stop dragging the courts along because she's in a foreign country. This She's not in America, so it don't work the same way um, yeah. as it does here, as it does over there. But I think part of the reason, too, is that they're using her as leverage in response to the Western sanctions opposed against Russia for his invasion of Ukraine that happened uh, last year and this is continue ongoing. So I, I you know what I, I do feel let me first say this. I do feel bad for her because that that you know what if as a person who does vape, what if I, you know, was doing a commercial and I had to go to Russia or another country and wasn't aware that it was going to be illegal to bring a vape in. And now I'm sitting in prison and I'm looking staring down the barrel of 10 years. I will understand the frustration and the and the embarrassment so to speak, that she might feel uh, about the situation. However, there are people out there who do feel like, well, you know, um, it is illegal in that country. It is not the United States. And um, so it's illegal, you said. Oh, yeah, it's illegal to have. I think cannabis and and, and the oil are two different things, because I think um, I to be honest, too, I'm also not that familiar with uh, the the policy of of uh, marijuana and oil, but most it's the same places, thing. yeah, yeah. But I because, think because uh, because it says you know because this is Kenigma.com, so I guess this is a uh, you know a marijuana you know I guess like expertise site, and it basically um, ends it all with saying, however, it would be extremely unwise to attempt to bring any cannabis in any form 
uh, into Russia. So basically, you shouldn't bring that stuff there at all. No, you shouldn't. It's a risk you don't take, especially when you're not from there. Because, like I said, you know that little bit of thing in the United States is a slap on the wrist. You know, on a on a good day. But her, you know, she's a, a celebrity in the home, right? She's in a foreign country that has their own policies. And obviously it, it is against law because it's, you know, they was, she was looking at 10 to 15 years in prison. So because she did plead guilty, um, they gave her ultimately sentenced her to nine years. But now I think what the talks is that I think they are open to exchanging her, but they want demands met. They want certain prisoners in the United States. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's doing 25 years in federal prison for, for trying to kill Americans. Um, there weren't certain political prisoners in the United States exchanged for her. But I think this is a this is a, a political agenda. This is a you know something that you know is very politically driven. And I, I don't see her leaving anytime soon because it's always going to be a demand that they want, a demand the United States want. And to be honest too. I'm not feeling the urgency on on the the presidential side either. You know, I I feel like uh, a lot of uh, the Biden, some of the people that works around him really aren't um, doing their due diligence, to, so to speak. But before I give you t- uh, actually for your take, let me let me read something that Joe Rogan said on his podcast. So Joe Rogan. Uh, was talking to a guest about the Brittany Griner situation. And this is what he said, and a, and a lot of people agree with him. So he says, she, referring to Brittany Griner, already has been over there for months. But here's what's important. People are freaking out about this, right? Um, Russia needs to let her go. We have people in America right now locked up for marijuana, and they, they've been locked up for effing years, decades. Um, and there's not one, there's thousands of them. So what? They're not good. They're not good enough of throwing the ball into uh, a hoop to, to get some attention, to get out of prison. Is this what this is? They're not good at that one thing that we like to watch. So those fucking people don't get to be let out. So <clears throat> what do you think about that statement? Because there are certain people who feel like, oh, well, okay, I do feel bad for her, but what about, you know, the thousands of people who's still in prison doing 30 years for for a little ounce of marijuana uh how do you feel about that so basically what he's what he's trying what joe rogan is trying to say is that why are people paying so much attention to britney griner when there's other people who have been you know in the same situation for x amount of time yeah i agree i mean i don't like joe rogan but you know the guy has a point and that's true um me personally I've caught wind of this situation. I didn't really think too much of it, mainly because I i wasn't really too familiar with Brittany Griner. Honestly, I didn't even know that was her name until you told me um, a bit earlier. I, you know, in the, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, stay off the weed. <laughs> stay off the weed. All right. It's not worth it. If you're if you're smoking weed for medicinal purposes, then all right, cool. You know, do your thing. But if you're doing it for recreation in America, all right, you know, whatever. Because now, you know, in, in this day and age now, uh, they you know, the the legalization of marijuana has been like widely accepted for the most part, or at least if you do get caught with weed, it's not that you know big a deal. As it maybe have as it might have been, you know, ten years ago, in you know, 
um, you know, prior. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is the thing. You're in Russia. You're in enemy territory, and you're a public figure. You're a basketball player. You're six foot nine. What they're doing is big target. Making an example out of her. Yep. They're making an example out of her. And I also believe that this is a statement to the United States who, as far as I know, doesn't have a good relationship with Russia. So Joe Biden and whomever trying to pull certain strings to get her out of jail, that's probably not going to happen. I'd be surprised if it did, because as far as you told me, she was sentenced to nine years in prison. Russian prison at that. So... (laughs) You know, I kind of sort of feel bad, but at the same time, it's just like, did you not know where you were going and how, you know what I'm saying? Like, how did you get caught? But I don't, I don't know the specifics of the situation. I don't want to necessarily criticize, but I do understand what Joe Rogan is saying, where he's saying that there's so many, which is true. There are so many people who are in jail right now who got arrested for having like two grams of weed in 1999 or 2001 and because they're black they threw the book at them and put them under the jail and then these guys they don't have fancy lawyers or they don't have the means to get media attention they don't have the means to kind of you know get out you know she does but the thing is it's still not working for her because the united states doesn't have a good relationship with russia so blame joe biden yeah it's, it's a mess you know let me let me tell you this i i was watching a documentary um about like a different prisons in different countries and I mean, you wouldn't believe the stuff I've I, I saw. I might even send you some links if you want. But I was I was um watching these documentaries. I remember a lot of people that were in these prisons were Americans, people from other countries. <clears throat> and what happens is they get so accustomed to the way of life of their country that they forget to check, you know, the policies and regulations of another country. So they end up going to a different country and, you know, pulling something that might have been legal in their country, but it's far from legal in another country. It's, it's a federal offense in there. So people, um, I can't remember exactly what this dude was arrested for, but it was something uh, with with uh, marijuana. But he's doing the 20-year bid in, uh, in Brazil. So, uh, you know, I do feel bad for her, but at the same time, there's so many other people arrested for even lesser offenses than this, that, you know, you know, it's, then it becomes a a question of can, should a United States go and get everybody. So I I think uh, a lot of people are probably more so upset with the fact that, you know, my uncle, you know, my father, my mother, my brother, you know, my family members been in prison in this country for decades and nobody's looking to get them help. But this girl, you know, clearly packed cannabis oil in her suitcase, gets busted, and everybody's up in arms about that. So I could I, I understand why people are upset, but also don't, you know, I could see why a lot of people are rallying for her to be released. But well, nonetheless, well, I'm I'm sorry, here here's my thing. And this just actually confirms everything that I just said, which is true. And basically this has very little to do with the amount of you know, weed that she actually had or cannabis, however you want to call it, and everything to do with political relations between the United States and Russia. You know, um, I'm just going to read this, you know, section, which basically says that Griner's wife, Sherelle, spoke to Good Morning America and called Griner a political pawn. Um, And basically during the trial, 
uh, on July 7th, Griner pled guilty and then said that there was no intent. I didn't want to break the law. And then on July 27th, uh, Joe Biden approved a possible trade for Griner and Paul Whelan, who was arrested in 2018 for espionage in Moscow and sentenced to 16 years in prison in exchange for bout. The possibility of an exchange was further complicated when the Russians demanded the inclusion of convicted assassin Vadim Krasikov. This guy sounds like a Bond villain who is serving a life term for an assassination in Germany in the negotiations. So, yeah, basically everything that's going on right now has more so to do with how these two countries or nations feel about each other. And basically it's like in order for Joe Biden to even, you know, make it a possibility to get her released, he has to give things up that he shouldn't for her. So it, it's like people are jumping through hoops just to get this basketball player out when, like you said, and like Joe Rogan said, that there's so many other people who are being wrongfully imprisoned right now for the same reason, but nobody cares about them because they're not a public figure. So, you know, it, it's it, it's a... I, I want to say it's black and white, but there's also aspects of it that are complex, but those same aspects really have to do with politics that are pretty much irrelevant to the average person, including myself. Right. It's, it's a mess up situation. I feel bad for it because at the end of the day, you know, this is, this is why I'm not planning on traveling in a different type uh, to another country anytime soon, because the detention with COVID detention, uh, with uh, Russia and Ukraine and all this, all these political things happening, it takes one little minor offense. And especially when you're a celebrity of a country that the other country don't like, you, you I mean, you, you subject to all types of, I don't know what she's going through over there. She could be waterboarded for who we know. So it, it, you never know in these situations. This is why uh, my thing is for people when they travel, you know, do your due diligence about going, when you go to Where these countries, going? look up, what what was a what's illegal? What you can cannot do because it takes one little mistake. You know the same thing. You know it's not the same offense, but you know in New York you can jaywalk for no no cops do it too. You know that's the way of life here. But in California, that's a hundred and twenty five dollar ticket. So you know just little minor things like that. You know watch where you at and what you're doing where you at. Right. I mean you could smoke weed and you know many states in in new york but uh in the united states but you go to somewhere like iowa and you get caught but we you might be put in prison for that so you never know what you know what, what's going on behind uh closed doors especially when you're talking about another country but let, let me get you let me get your uh opinion on this too so a lot of people are you know saying you know let her rot in prison um because of her comments um, about the national anthem. So what happened was in, in, in 2020, uh, the Phoenix Mercury and WNBA NBA star known as Brittany Griner uh, told the Arizona public um, that she didn't think the national anthem should be played before WNBA games and that she would not be attending any games if they played the, the national anthem. And this was all going on during the whole uh, rise of the Breonna Taylor uh, incident in the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and so one of the cla- one of the things she said in response to the backlash was, I'm going to protest regardless. I'm not going to be out there for the national anthem. If the league continues to want to play it, that's fine. It will be all season long. I will not be there. I feel more 
I feel like more things are going on uh, that's bigger than me that I want to stand up for. And I feel like I need to do the right thing. And I, I can only speak for myself. And at the Olympics, I understand you're playing for your country. And at that point, you know, I understand. But I'm glad to be able to look to my left and, my, and the right at my sisters and see what they're and see that we're all fighting together. So um, many people feel like uh, her comments about the national anthem did not go over well. Um, and that she was very anti-United States, very anti-government. And many people feel like what she said should be held against her in this situation. Mm-hmm. So right. you, you want to you know talk trash about the government, but now you want the, the government's help. Um, what, what do you th- what do you think about that? Well, I I the last part that you said was really kind of um the 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 nail on the coffin really in that situation. But here's my thing with her her thoughts on the Star Spangled Banner. That you can't blame her for being anti-America or anti-government when the government has been nothing but anti-African American and anti-black for, you know, throughout its history of, you know, being, you know, so don't get mad at her for pretty much having some sort of, you know, grievance towards a country that has had nothing but animosity towards men and women that look just like her. So, you know, that I agree with her in that aspect. If she does not want to participate in a game that, you know, has the Star Spangled Banner national anthem being sung prior to the games, then that's her prerogative. I mean, she has her right to that. You know, everybody, you know, in this country has their right to their beliefs. It might rub you the wrong way, but she's not telling you to feel like that. This is that's just the way that she feels. Now, granted, when you are a political, not a political figure, you're a public figure. People are going to take everything that you say and sensationalize it to the 10th power. There are a lot of people who who feel like that, you know, about the, you know, Star Spangled Banner, stuff like that, because they're not singing from the aspect of a black person. They're singing from the aspect of white people. You know, a white person made that song. And when that white person made that song, I'm pretty sure at the time that they made it, they didn't have any sort of knowledge that a black person would also be singing that song some odd, you know, centuries down the line. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> now, I do agree in one aspect where it's like you dislike the government so bad, but you're asking that same government for help. The catch 22 is that, well, hey, she's a citizen like everybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's yeah. a citizen like everybody else. So just because, you know, she might have her, her issues, that's not, it starts with a situation like that. So if you want her to feel, you know, different about it, then, you know, then show her something different. The longer she stays there, it's like the longer she'll probably feel some type of way about it because I think maybe was it her or her wife or somebody said that if it was LeBron James over there, shit, they would have got him back the next day. <laughs> oh, and we're going to get into that because that's the next point I wanted to bring up because um, as much as I want to continue talking about her prison sentence, I think her, this whole situation has caused a whole nother debate on the WNBA versus the NBA, uh, them not feeling like they're not getting paid or uh, or getting the same attention as the men athletes do. But let, I, I want to make this a little fun. So I'm going to read some tweets that some uh, uh, celebrities and they write uh, made as, as soon as she got hit with the nine years. All right. So 
one of the tweets some uh, uh, news anchor said on Twitter was, on the bright side, Brittany Griner won't have to endure our national anthem for nine whole years. What a win for her. Uh, somebody else said, so happy Brittany Griner moved to a place where she doesn't have to worry about handing a nasty American anthem anymore. Um, someone else said, do you think Brittany Griner still hates the national anthem? Um, another celebrity said, I wonder if Brittany Griner stands or takes a knee for the Russian national anthem every morning in her jail cell. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, I mean, it's just a, a list of other things. I just thought, you know, just to add a little humor to it, but mm-hmm. the whole situation is a mess. But nonetheless, um, the whole LeBron's comparison, that's one of the things many, especially the WNBA players, were, were speaking out against. It was saying that if LeBron, if this was LeBron, he would have been home the the on the plane the next day. Um and that whole situation started the whole conversation with the WNBA versus the NBA and you know the pain and all that good stuff. So first let me let me ask you, do you truthfully feel I, I know LeBron's a big name and everything, one of the biggest names in the country, but do you think he would have been out? sooner or do you think he would yeah. be in a worse no position no question no question you're talking about the most popular you know nba player right now you know contemporary nba player and he's being wrong like what people believe to be you know or popular opinion says wrongfully detained and he's like you know a national treasure uh, you know in america at least um, yeah, there would have been a lot more uproar. You probably would be hearing about this on ESPN first take every single day. Shannon Sharp, freaking Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, everybody would be talking about this every single day until that man got out of jail. So yeah, it, it, it would be completely different. It's because like the average person don't know who Brittany Griner is, but the average person knows who LeBron James is. You know what I'm saying? And that happening to him, it would be a wrap, especially in a country like Russia. Y'all got LeBron. You, you're, Russia's holding LeBron James hostage. It'd be a wrap. I agree. But I also feel like his pundit, I feel like they would have made things a lot worse, not especially for him, but for the United States to get him. Because the whole situation with Brittany is the fact that she is a political prisoner. So imagine Brittany Griner. Okay, some people might know her, right? You know, they can negotiate one or two people. But with LeBron, they ain't looking for just two people in exchange. They want they want a whole uh they want a whole army of people for LeBron. So they have someone first of all, LeBron wouldn't make a mistake like that. Um not to saying that people don't make mistakes, but I'm pretty sure LeBron don't indulge in that type of uh business or if he does, he don't make it known. But regardless, I feel like they would have made it a lot worse to get him back because of the fact that it is LeBron and people want him. Uh, People will fight tooth and nail. Like you said, ESPN, Fox, CBS, everybody's going to be begging for for his release. So they would have made it a lot worse to attain LeBron or they would have wanted more than two people to get him back. Um, But one of the things about this conversation that's that, that got people talking wasn't so much the fact that they was campaigning, Bringing to LeBron, but the fact that they was using this as a, a, a as an excuse, if you will, to talk about the equal pay, um, 
So recently, a WNBA WNBA player who played on the same team as Brittany was seen on the court with a shirt saying, equal pay for women. Um, If it was LeBron, you pay us more. Um, We've... I've talked about the WNBA pay thing uh, before, but it's it's heating up again, and I I want to get your opinion on it. What do you what do you think about all these WNBA players coming up on ESPN and on and different media uh, um, platforms talking about you know they're not getting paid the same as Stephen Curry or LeBron or even you know let's say a Clay Thompson for instance. Um, what do you think about that? Wait, I'm sorry. Repeat the question. What do you think about all people using the Brittany Griner situation to start the conversation up about, oh, you know, if I was LeBron James, I would have, you know, she would have been out of jail or she would have got paid more. We would have got paid more. Uh, the WNBA players don't make enough or, you know, all of us combined is still less than what LeBron makes in one year. Um well- well, you gotta understand. There's just throughout, you know, history. There's always going to be, you know, gender inequities, and the biggest thing that I, I would say the government and especially the media is trying to do right now is they're trying to level the playing field and, in fact, imbalance the playing field in favor of women and non-males. You know, particularly you know heterosexual males. Um, you know, my thing is this. There are some sports that, you know, men are just going to be more, you know, successful, lucrative, and more entertaining to watch. You know, freaking uh, uh, female boxers can't get mad at, at Floyd Mayweather because he makes more money than them. If Floyd Mayweather puts more, you know, butts in the seats and sells more, you know, pay-per-view, you know, buys and all that stuff, then that really doesn't have, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get that there are, you know, gender inequities, but at the same time, I feel like when it comes to sports, it how much money you makes is determined by how much revenue you yourself actually bring in and you generate. So if on average, you know, like the uh, the average Los Angeles Sparks or whatever, you know, uh, women, you know, female basketball teams are, you know, like like their games, if they only fill about you know a quarter or half the stadium, then you're going to get that type of money. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? If if they have their finals and their playoffs and all of that, if people are not tuning in, then your money, the money that you make is going to reflect the the business that that you generate. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't get mad at 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 Michael B Jordan for making more money than me if he, you know, if people go if he just does better box office numbers than I do, how much I actually, you know, make as an actor is predicated on the amount of revenue that I will generate, that I'm projected to generate. On average, the WNBA does not, you know, I I don't know the actual numbers, but it's nowhere near in comparison to the NBA. Now, let me just see, you know, Brittany Griner's last, you know, salary or whatever, which I'm pretty sure is better than the average American. So I don't even know why she's complaining. You know, again, let's see. Okay. Griner earned 227000 during her last season with the Phoenix Mercury in the WNBA. That is more than what most people make in their entire lifetime. And I mean, relatively speaking, yeah, they might be looking at the NBA thinking, oh, well, how come I can't make millions? Because you don't, you, you, you just don't bring in those numbers. 
You don't bring in those numbers. Sometimes it doesn't always have to do with you being a woman and him being a man. It just has to do with business and statistics and analytics. Yes, there are, you know, gender inequalities and inequities in this world. Absolutely. When we're talking about sports, we're talking about boxing and basketball, women just do not bring in that type of stuff. Maybe she might have to go, you know, to the UFC. I'm pretty sure Ronda Rousey was making millions of dollars. How much was Ronda oh, Rousey making? She was I'm making at least $2 million per fight. Exactly. So maybe she's 6'9". Yeah, maybe she can, you know, be the tallest woman in the UFC if you want to make those types of dollars. You know what I'm saying? But if you're not, if you do not generate that sort of... The reason why Ronda Rousey was making that type of money as a woman is because she generated the interest. She was entertaining and interesting to watch. If you're not entertaining and interesting to watch, then nobody's going to want to see you. And then the dollars that you make is going to reflect that. But $227,000 during your last season is better, is way above, you know, the poverty line in America and more than the average nine to fiver, you know, is making. Okay. Because most people make $50,000 a year, but at the end of the year, they're not seeing $50,000 in their bank account, but you saw 227K in addition to whatever endorsements and sponsorships and other extra money that she makes. So she needs to stop complaining. Oh, yeah. And let me let me tell you, so the, this whole conversation started um, was from uh, the head of the WNBA Players Union, Nika. I can't per se her last name, so I'm not going to attempt to. Um, but so she went on uh, Good Morning America, and this is what she said. She said the reality is she's over there because of gender issue, pay and equality. And she said that Griner and other WNBA athletes are forced to go to Russia and other countries to play because they need to supplement their income. And quite frankly, we go over there to maintain that game. And let me let me just say this too: compared to the the um, NBA play, uh, NBA players play an average of eighty two games a season, whereas the average WNBA season is thirty six games, and. I'll tell you this. I went to a WNBA game once a couple years ago, and I, 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 I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny here, but I could count the amount of people sitting. It was, it, it was so empty in there. I was able to just walk down to the to the um to the sidelines and, and watch from there. Like then it, it was just seemed like a no care attitude, and it, it was just it was sad to see because you could tell that they were passionate about the sport, but you know. There was what fifty people there, so I, I I say this like a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's inequality and all this stuff. Which don't get me wrong, I agree there is pay issues. However, I don't think it's as big as they make it seem, because most people. I was on a a, a comment thread, and we was talking about WNBA, the the whole pay scale thing, and many women. Don't want to watch the WNBA. They don't want to watch the NBA. Bill Murr just did a comedy, uh, a special on Netflix where he actually asked the girl in the crowd. He was like, "Um, hey, uh, name three WNBA players besides Brittany Griner." And she was like, "Uh, she was just stuck." And he said, "All right, I'll make it easier. What's a WNBA team that plays in your in your country in, in your state?" Uh, yeah, she couldn't answer. Nobody can answer because. Quite frankly, nobody watches. And it's not to try to make fun and be mean, but the reality is you can't demand, like you said, you can't demand a salary of a Denzel Washington when you're a new startup actor, you know, or you can't, you know, demand the same salary LeBron makes when nobody watch you. 
if you take LeBron out the Lakers, a lot of people are leaving with LeBron. LeBron has bounced from a couple teams. And no matter what team he ends up on, people his, his jersey is selling out. His fans are showing up. People are still watching. Even the most hardcore, um, uh, what was the team he was playing? The Miami Heat. Uh, one of the last teams he played with. Even the most diehard Miami Heat uh, fans was watching Lakers games because they are fans of LeBron. When you could command that type of uh, um, attention and drive to the business, then you get rewarded accordingly. You know, LeBron, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, James Harden, these players, there's a, a couple others, but they're the upper echelon of the W uh, of the NBA. Some of the other NBA players, they, yeah, they may not make 200000 but, you know, they're not getting paid Supermax contracts. You know, they might get, you know, two years, $5 million deals. You know, so the WNBA, although I do feel bad, they also got to, you know, take account that they aren't marketing themselves well. The games, <clears throat> quite frankly, I don't know if you've ever seen the highlights on YouTube. They're, they're boring. How is someone as tall as Brittany Griner missing a dunk in wide open court? I I, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I'm not trying to be funny. If you ever watch a highlight of the WNBA game, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And it's not so much that I'm saying women's sports aren't entertaining because I just watched the UFC card, and these two young females, uh, young women, had the fight in the night for me on that whole entire card. But at the same time, just because they had the fight in the night of the card don't also mean they can tomorrow be like, hey, I want to get paid $3 million like Conor McGregor. You know, that's that's not how the sport works. You got to constantly continue to build that 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 name, that foundation to say, Hey, you know, I think I deserve to get, you know, a million dollars for this fight. You know what I'm saying? But that's not going to just come just because you're, you know, a woman, you know? Um, what do you think? Uh, most people say that, you know, all oh, the NBA don't um, promote the WNBA well. Uh, you know, they don't give us enough attention. ESPN don't really care about us. They only care about the men. They only care about the LeBrons of the world. Um, what is your take on that situation? So my thoughts on, you know, popular media not covering the WNBA. All right, here's my thing. Popular media rarely ever covers boxing either. All right, boxing, they rarely ever talk about it. And when they do, they're only talking about Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao and, like, the household names and what have you. And then even those guys, they're retired. Um, Maybe she should be asking why the fans of the WNBA haven't stepped up and created their own new media outlets. Because the thing is, if you're going to rely on ESPN to cover your sport that already doesn't get a lot of coverage, you're going to be waiting a long time, okay? So she needs to start to ask her fans that happen to be content creators to step up and do so they themselves. You know how many NBA content creators are out there on YouTube? You know what I'm saying? That 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 talk about their favorite athletes and off-season you know, stuff, talk about trade rumors, different things like that. Well, hey, the WNBA should have – if they have good fans, then – they should be doing that. So question your fans before you question ESPN, because like I said, ESPN, they don't talk about my favorite fighters and they don't have to. Why? Because we have new media on YouTube. Now the way the world is set up is you don't have to, you know, rely on these huge networks to cover your sport. When you, when the average person can do that, they themselves. So ask your fans that question. Right. And you know, many 
athletes. I'm gonna get to Draymond Green because he he chimed in on this whole debate because I I believe one of the WNBA players shouted, uh, called him out, um, talking about it. So one of the things Kelsey Plum, a star player of the WNBA, apparently, um, <clears throat> so she said, I'm tired of people talking, uh, people thinking that we the uh, female athletes are asking for the same type of money as the NBA players. We're only asking for the same percentage of revenue share with, uh, within our CBA. NBA players receive around 50% of share revenue within their league, whereas we re- receive around 20%. Well, so this, um, uh, I, I forget the name, but this uh, person rebutted this argument, uh, sports writer, columnist, um, was talking, it was doing a whole breakdown of the WNBA and the NBA. And he was saying that it's a tough sell for a league that can't turn a profit on their own and survive uh, handouts from the NBA. Because essentially, if you take the WNBA out of the NBA, let's be real. Are they going to be able to make enough money to let alone turn the lights off, turn the lights on at Madison Square Garden? Absolutely not. So this is what he did. So he made a comparison. So he said the NBA is 75 years old. The WNBA is 25 years old. So the WNBA is 25 years behind uh, of building its brand and working on labor issues. Um, And he's saying that they just want to come in and demand the same amount of respect and pay that the NBA players spend decades trying to obtain. And let, let me just mention this too before I go on. Let's keep in mind, even in the 90s and early 2000s when Michael Jordan was getting paid, he wasn't getting paid the same as LeBron. You know what I'm saying? So I, I believe Shaquille O'Neal, one of, he was talking about one of the contracts he made. He was talking about his dad. He was saying that he, I think it was maybe after his 13th season in the NBA where he finally made $25 million for a two-year contract. So it took someone like Shaquille O'Neal more than a decade of service to finally command that. So it really goes to show that this wasn't, you know, Play it. Michael Jordan wasn't getting paid two hundred million dollars back then when he was playing. He was getting paid handsomely. I'm not saying he wasn't, but the pay has changed. It wasn't uh, a continuous. Everybody was getting two hundred million dollars. This is a you know a recent new thing of supermax contracts. So he goes on also to say, um, the W uh, the NBA's average attendance is seventeen thousand people, roughly around seventeen thousand seven hundred sixty. The WNBA's uh, average attendance is 6,000, roughly 6,535. The 2019 NBA Finals averaged a little more than 20 million views per game. The 2019 WNBA Finals averaged about 400,000 views per game. Uh, The NBA has 30 teams. The WNBA has 12. The NBA's average ticket price varies between $51 and $100. The WNBA's average ticket price is around $17. Um, and then he goes on about viewership. NBA games get way, you know, millions of views, whereas the WNBA games let average less than 300,000 views, especially during the regular season. Um, but he also goes on to say this. The NBA's annual revenue is around $8 billion. The WNBA, $60 million. So um, that is... That figure alone wouldn't even pay off Kevin Love and Damian Lillard contracts. So 
it really it, he goes on to break the, the the difference between the two, but it goes to show to you that you can't. I understand what they mean that they want to get paid more, but this is an issue with marketability. And I've had this conversation with with you when it comes to UFC fighters, uh, boxers, people in combat sports was more individualized, where people will come out and say, you know what, the fighter pay is absolute garbage. And then when they get an interview with ESPN, they sit up on a couch. Uh, they, they don't even care about how their apartment look. You know, they're not putting enough effort in their appearance. Uh, the 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 you know the interview, and you know they ask them a question about an upcoming fight, and they sit on the couch like, yeah, you know, training camp went well, and uh, I'm just looking forward to Saturday night. You know, just make sure you tune in. What? What? what I mean. I, I, how are you going to expect to get paid more when you talk like that to ESPN? You know what I'm saying? So that's just a side product of one aspect of, of sports. And this is a male and female attitude that I'm referring to. It's not just men or women. This is a both gender thing in combat sports where a lot of these fighters, I get it, fighting is your number one passion, but you're in the sports business. WNBA, the NBA is in the sports business, the entertainment business. So yes, you might know how to dunk a ball, but what happens, you know, off the court? Are you out there selling yourself? Are you out there promoting yourself? Are you out there, you know, making the groundwork? You know what I'm saying? You can't build a business off of $5 and expect that $5 to last the same amount of time. No, you're going to have to put money involved. You can't just raise your price and expect people to, you know, spend, uh, you know, $10 on a bottle of water that used to be $2. You know what I'm saying? So I think the WNBA's problem um, and I'm going to get to Draymond Green because this is subsequent to what he was talking about. Draymond Green, um, basically his point is they're just complaining and they're complaining and they're complaining. And he has no um, hard feelings towards women being outspoken, but he don't like it because now it's complaining because they're not actively trying to put out the same groundwork as they are. You know what I'm saying? When they do media appearances and stuff like that, you see them you know, out there representing a team. You see them pushing for the next game. You see them not talking about the previous game or two seasons ago. They're talking about the next game. They're talking about how they're going to dominate and, you know, win, you know, the the finals. You know what I'm saying? So he's his biggest thing with the women is stop complaining. If you want more money, if you want more pay, get people in the, in the position to help grow the WNBA to the point where they can survive on their own. They can take, you know... They, they can survive with just the teams that they have. They don't have to rely on the, the, uh, the NBA to give them money, to continue to make money. Because reality of the situation is, if the, w, if the NBA decided not to fund the WNBA, they'll be out of, they'll be out of commission by December. And that, I'm, I'm not saying that to be mean or to be ruthless, but that's the reality of the situation. So what do you think uh, about the whole, uh, about any of this uh, statistics or what Draymond Green said? Um, I don't really agree with, bro, you're probably going to have to edit this part out because <laughs> repeat the question again. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry about it. Um, my, my question to you is, what do you, th what do you say to, uh, what do you think about Draymond Green uh, talking about, you know, the women are at this point just complaining that they're not actively trying to make a brand, build themselves, build their team. He said, wow, oh, damn, that hurt. He said basically exactly what I said. That's the same thing. It's like if they're not going to give it to you, then you have to create it for yourself. 
ultimately at the end of the day because if, if no if you're not going to do it nobody else is going to do it for you and you can only really you know when it comes to sports everything else you know when you're dealing with business you can kind of complain and then things will happen as a result of those complaints but when you're dealing with sports and the playing field is leveled why because the measurement of everyone's success in sports is measured on numbers and if your numbers are inadequate then the 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 numbers on the checks that get cut to you are going to reflect those numbers. So Draymond Green is absolutely right. And it's not that, you know, he's being sexist or I'm being sexist. It's just what it is. It We're not, again, it's like how I measure how much I'd want to pay a female athlete is based on how much revenue she's generating. That's it. So I agree. Yeah. And I, 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 I'll say this too. Megan um, Rapinoe, the, the soccer, the, women's uh soccer captain who started this whole female uh athlete pay a couple years ago after they won the the women's soccer uh tournament she clapped back in Draymond and was like and you know who large this is what she said and you know who largely are the gatekeepers to that money investments resources capital time and sponsorship dollars are men do you know who the mess- men listen to other men um, just like fights are all around the so uh, around other social issues, change cannot be made if only the people who care about the change enough are the ones who suffer the most of it. And I say this: Yes, I agree that there are gonna be some sexist people working in a position of power. I I agree with that, but at the same time, we have seen Ronda Rousey, um, uh. Misha Tate, Holly Holm, many athletes, especially combat athletes, command more money than most men athletes in the UFC combined will make because they went out there and they made a name for themselves and they didn't use this whole, you know, men are holding us back attitude. It's a simple fix. I'll tell you this. It's a simple fix for me. And uh, this is what a lot of people are saying. Okay, you want equal pay? This is a simple solution. This is the easiest way. Get more women to watch a sport because one of the common things women say is, oh, you know, only men watch men's sports. Well, what do you think? What do you, why do you think we watch men's sports? Because we're entertained by it. That's what we, that's what, that's what we cater to. You know, you go to a bar on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Most, most of the time when you go to a bar, there's men sitting at the bar stool who pay the entry fee to watch the NFL teams that they like to watch the UFC fight to watch whatever sports is on. So I feel like I know a lot of women don't aren't huge into sports, but for the WNBA, all they got to do focus on growing their female af, uh, fan base, get more women to attend their games, watch their games on TV, even on YouTube. It's a small start. A- advertise the games for women clientele and then start building because I guarantee you if one woman, uh, if more women watch, Generally, more men will watch mostly because if she's married, she has a family, they will all start watching with her. You know what I'm saying? So that that's an easy segue. Try to get more women, more women to watch. And I, a lot of women like I'm not talking about the athletes, but a lot of women like to say, oh, you know, it's not right. But when I asked them, do you know who uh, Brittany Griner is? Uh, who? Who is that? Right. You know what I'm saying? You. So and she's the most talked about. WNBA athlete right now and it's not even because of the sport so that th- that's that's my problem I feel like if they 
instead of trying to compare themselves to LeBron and Stephen Curry, because they already had the groundwork laid out for them and they're superstars. You're talking about the upper echelon. So let's not even talk about them. But if they want to get paid more, start advertising more. Go out there, start fighting the, the, the hard fight. Because 2022 is not the same year as 1985. Time has changed. Be where people are more about women empowerment, giving women more opportunities. So I do think that they need to just go out there and actually start promoting their product to other women first. Don't try to capitalize the whole society because that's going to take time. Let's be real. But if 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 my if your fellow neighbor don't want to watch you, your fellow women don't want to watch you, why do you think the average man is going to want to watch you? So I think that's a simple fix. What do you think? What do you think would be a a, a first step that they can take to uh, start bridging that gap? It's just like I said earlier. You have to create new – in boxing, it's what we call new media because we know as as fans of the sport that ESPN and, you know, other, you know, big-name sports networks are they – do, they do not report on our fighters, you know, as much. They don't, they don't report on smaller fighters as much. Again, they only really talk about Floyd Mayweather – and Manny Pacquiao and Canelo Alvarez. That's all. And maybe Deontay Wilder because, you know, the heavyweight division, you know, when you have an American uh, heavyweight boxer that's undefeated and he's a knockout artist, then he'll probably tend to get a lot more coverage than, let's say, a technical boxer does. So what boxing fans have done in response is create platforms where we discuss the news and then we generate that attention for said fighters. It's just right. like the NBA, you know, NBA fans do because I watch those videos myself. If I want to know what's going on, you know, in terms of trading and, and different things like that, I'll watch the lesser YouTube channels if ESPN is not talking about it, you know, like particularly first take. So that's what you have to do. If they're not going to give it to you, you have to create it for yourself. And if you don't, you're going to be waiting a long time because I don't see, you know, them talking about the WNBA you know, for anything other than this sort of controversy. Absolutely. And I, uh, you hit it right on the head. First of all, WNBA has it easy in the sense that ESPN covers them in a byproduct of the NBA. So they already have a direct access to one of the biggest platforms in America, uh, let alone the country. So they already have that connection. Start building it. Send your team plays on it. Command ESPN's attention. Get them to cover the games. Get them to interview the players. That's the easy way. You know, Amanda Nunes, I know you don't watch UFC, but Amanda Nunes, double champ, <clears throat> bantamweight and featherweight champion. Um, absolute killer. She has been a UFC fighter for about eight, nine years. And I will tell you right now, if you ask that average fighter who watches the UFC, they know who Amanda Nunes is. They know who she is. They know what type of fight she brings. And she knows they 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 know who she is as is just as a fighter, as a person. She makes a million dollars per fight, and that don't even include pay-per-view points, uh, bonuses, sponsorships, endorsements. She goes out there and she makes it happen. She don't, she don't, I'm not talking negative towards women here. But she don't. You don't see her on interviews talking about fighter pay and equality. You know, feeling like she's being held back. She makes more money 
than 90% of the roster. And I'm not talking about the upper echelon because, you know, there's always going to be the Conor McGregor's, the Nate Diaz's of the world in the UFC. Uh, but she makes more than most fighters combined makes in one fight. And she has a whole family. She created her own gym. She does interviews. When she do press conferences, uh, press conferences, she engages her point. She she makes it entertaining. She understands the entertainment aspect. And I think so many times, uh, a, a lot of athletes, especially newer ones or uh, the ones that aren't a household name yet, they forget about the entertainment aspect. And this is why I preach all the time. If you're in a sport, if you're in the entertainment in the industry, don't forget, it's still business. And business means it's about the bottom line. It's about the dollar. So you, if you're going to be uh, in a sport that's covered on TV, capitalize it. Use it to your advantage. You know, if you get an interview by ESPN, don't be boring. Don't just be sitting there looking like you'd rather go eat cheesecake. You know what I'm saying? Use that time to invest in yourself into the product that you're trying to sell. So if you're a WNBA player, if Steven Thompson is interviewing you, uh, Steven Smith, sorry, if he's interviewing you, use that time. Use every second, every millimeter of a second that you have on that platform to tell him who you are, what you're about, what team you're playing on, when is your next game. Make him know. If he's not asking you, let him know what's going on because when you command his attention, he'll be more inclined to bring you back on, bring your, your, your teammates on, and even potentially come to one of your games and start covering your games. So I think that's the simple way. It's not just about the game. It's not just about the sport. At the end of the day, it's called the entertainment industry, and sports is part of that. So um, any final thoughts, bro? Um, None whatsoever. Other than to just think critically and think for yourself. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I wish Brittany Griner all all well uh, over there. And hopefully she comes home soon. Everybody else, uh, every other American or whatever country they're from that's detained in another country makes it home safe. But this is a, my final thought is this. If you're going to go to another country, whether you're a celebrity or not, well, if you're a celebrity like LeBron or Denzel or Will Smith, They'll be all right. But if you're not a big name like that, be mindful where you're going when you're traveling. And in terms of sports and stuff like that, remember, you're in the entertainment business. Don't forget about that part. So um, without further ado, I think this is a good episode. Thank you, Dimitri, for coming on. I hope a lot of people enjoyed this. Uh, this conversation was very engaging for them. And like I always say, a helping hand is a better hand. Thank you, Dimitri. Peace.